0: It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super excited because I am joined by the super talented Catherine Lavery, CEO and co-founder of Best Self Co. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Thanks, Roy. It's great to be here.
0: So I am really excited because you are one of the, uh, the OG Kickstarter creators that have done more than one campaign, more than two. You are have done now four campaigns on Kickstarter, as I've just found out, uh, mm-hmm. with most recent successful campaign Tempo with over a thousand backers. And then your uber successful campaign for the Self Journal back in 2015 that had over 6,500 backers. So let's give our audience a little bit of background here on Catherine and of Best Self Co. Where did it all start and you know how did you guys begin the company?
1: So we started with the Self Journal, which is a three-month-based goal planner, which was the original three-month-based planner, essentially. And we started that just because it was a pain point that we had. We were scratching our own itch. And whenever it came time to like... Actually, create the thing, we're like, okay, this is gonna be really expensive if we do one offs because we just wanted it for ourselves. And so, I'd done um, a couple of Kickstarters before and thought, well, you know, why don't we validate the idea on Kickstarter and make sure people actually want it before, you know, in case we end up with a garage full of um, product that nobody wants. So, that's kind of why we decided to go there. Um, Again, because I'd done it before, it's a great way to build a tribe around a product. Get product feedback before it even launches. So, you know, the product that we started with on the campaign and the product that we ended with was actually um, improved through feedback from customers. So, it's just a great platform to reach your audience in a way, you know, that when you're just starting is super important.
0: So back in 2015, Kickstarter was just really starting to get a little bit more of the mainstream traffic and publicity um, that we all know and recognize the brand for what it is now. Were there any alternative ways that you guys looked at instead of using crowdfunding that may have you know been able to bring this product to market outside of using Kickstarter as a means to validate the product and overfund so that you could build a company around it?
1: I mean... I- at the time, we looked at, you know, there's the uh, product launch formula that Jeff Walker has that my co-founder was like, oh, we should do this. Because Kickstarter is a lot of work, you know, at the beginning, you know, doing the video and all of the things that go along with launching a Kickstarter. Um, I was pretty much gung-ho on Kickstarter from the beginning, just because I'd seen success with it before and knew what, what the undertaking was. And, you know, the work to put it up at the start, the benefits way uh, outweigh the cost, in my opinion so it in reality no not really um i tried other things before and this is the one that i thought was gonna be most successful
0: so let's talk about the product development process there had you guys done anything in terms of creating a journal before anything along this and then how did you go about deciding what to put in the journal how to make it manufacture it source it all of those things
1: so i used to be an architect so i'm used to like creating real things between like furniture and buildings and the rest of it. And then I'd also been on the editing team for a book in the past, actually when I was in in university. So I kind of knew what like putting a book together meant. Before we'd created the product that became the self journal, we were writing the structure into a moleskin format, which just gets old when you do it day in, day out. So as having a design background, I was pretty confident in my, you know ability to create like a physical product that would be manufacturable just because i had some past experience with it
0: what were some of the challenges that you encountered when designing the product for the first time
1: i think you always get feedback like nobody not everyone is going to love your product at the same rate and if you try to please everyone then you'll come up with something that really pleases no one because it's just too basic so I think at the beginning, it was as a like a designer and creator, I was struggling with like, okay, which feedback do you take into account versus what you just kind of be like, oh, this is a very niche idea that someone has, not something that's going to be applicable to the masses. So during our Kickstarter, we actually did a lead gen where we gave the product PDF for free. So you gave us your email and we gave you the PDF and that way people could print it and try it out before they bought it. And so that worked really well because we got feedback from it. And also there was a sense of reciprocity because, you know, people are like, oh, wow, they're giving the product away for free. They must be confident in it. And so it was through that that we got product development feedback. And um, again, I think my experience with just creating in the in the real world, I had like a good idea of what was going to be what was going to go into it. I mean, I can't say that for Our recent project we had we've had some hiccups with the delivery and I think that is because it's just a completely new process for us and it's just been a huge learning experience where I can see how having past experience is a big benefit for Kickstarter
0: absolutely so in terms of the 2015 successful campaign for the the self planner Let's talk about a little bit of the prep work that went into that. And I know you had done a couple campaigns before that, but this one obviously kind of laid a very successful blueprint for others that you again gave away uh, on some articles and resources that we'll definitely share with the audience. But talk a little bit about the prep work that you did to lead to a super successful campaign back in
1: 2015. So um, something that I think, sometimes people confuse is that they think they'll put something up on Kickstarter. And as soon as they press the publish button that, you know, people will come flocking as the build in, they will come. And what we did prior to our Kickstarter was that we built an email list of very targeted people interested in productivity and goal setting and achievement, because we're basically starting from scratch with this whole you know product and company. So over the three months prior to the launch, we We're systematic and okay, what can we do to build this email list so when we launch, um, we can have people buying the product. So that was creating content around subjects that the people that would want this product would be interested in and then doing content upgrades with that. So say we're like, okay, why is creating a morning routine important? And then there's a content upgrade of here's the morning routines of 30 highly successful people that you can copy and try and make your own. And so people are reading this good content article and then they're like, Oh great. And they put their email in and then we can later target them when we launch the campaign. And we did a giveaway of again, products around like our favorite books and software and, you know, gadgets around, you know, performance. And if we do that, the only people that are going to be interested in that stuff is the, target market that we do. Like if we had done an iPad or a MacBook Pro, we got, would have got a ton of more entries, but it would have been very diluted and we wouldn't know who actually is interested in the product that we wanna sell. So the giveaway helped us build an email list specifically targeted to people that would be interested in the product that we were gonna launch. And um, we did, you know, it's between content giveaways and like asking friends that we knew in the space to like share it once it was live. That, that was kind of, you know, where we started.
0: Excellent. So in terms of building out the database, getting all the people in there, customizing the approach, creating really great killer content that obviously got shared. There's some great resources out there that you guys use to, you know, really get the content shareable to the right audience, which I think is something that's really important that you alluded to That. Yeah, if it was a you know a cool new Apple tech product, everybody would have signed up because everybody's a, a fanboy or girl of those products. But since this is very specific to let's say the the entrepreneur or someone that's really wanting to set goals and plan out you know the the 13 week plan, this really you know spoke directly to them, which is why I think you guys were so successful very early on on the campaign because the products resonated with the specific audience that you were going after. Well, So let's talk about, you know, in terms of deciding on that target market and audience, how did you do, you know, successful outreach to them? Was it more through the advertising side and drawing them into the content? Or was it, you know, deeper than that with personalized messaging to
1: them? So we, we, at the beginning of the campaign, we sent personal messages to each um, person. And I'd done that on previous campaigns before. So I knew that you know, if you just add a little personal touch, it doesn't even have to be much more than their name or th- something like that. People are just much more responsive. So it was that, it was building up. I was already, it was, the target market was essentially like us. So it was me targeting people like me and a lot of those people I would ar- I already had connections with within like Facebook groups or, and they were loose connections, but I knew how to talk to the customer just because I was the customer. So I was really, talking to myself and and my friends, which made it easier to target. If if you're going for a market that you have no experience or um, it's not you, then it's, it's, you, you have to rely more on, you know, talking to people in that market or, or ads or things like that. We didn't actually run that many much ads at the beginning. We did do some things for the content upgrades, but once we launched, I think it was about two weeks in that we actually started cranking on the ads
0: got it so the campaign itself obviously got some great press coverage you know outlets like biz insider even had ariana huffington you know tweet about it inc magazine the new york times etc what were some of the factors there for the success from getting great coverage for the the launch
1: so the like the ariana huffington thing was completely out of the blue i had written a post um which one of the things was medium was it wasn't just starting, but it was like an emerging platform. And so my whole thing was if I can create really great content and get in front of people that I wouldn't otherwise get in front of, because again, you we were starting from scratch. So we didn't have an email list. So I'm like, where do I go? Or I think listeners should figure out where are the people that are going to buy their product? Like where do they hang out? Is it like Reddit or medium or whatever it works for them? So for me, I was thinking, okay, medium is a ton of people they read about you know how to perform better and things like that. How do I get in front of those people um, with content and just create really great content? And so that was like the overall strategy. And Ariana Huffington happened to tweet out one of my articles because she just liked it on the day that we launched, which was awesome. And then what I did was on the medium article, once the campaign was launched at the bottom of each article, I mentioned that we were live on Kickstarter so that, all these people that have read this whole thing might be like, oh, let me click through and support this this product. Or maybe I've itched some sort of thing that they are interested in and they want to reciprocate by supporting the campaign. And I, I know I wrote a p- pretty detailed post for SEMO and a lot of people find interest in that and support it just because they thought it was super interesting.
0: Absolutely, so with all of the marketing efforts that you put forth for all of the projects, or maybe you know this the self planner individually, what led to the greatest roi, if you will for the campaign itself?
1: I think the uh, medium and the giveaway, so our whole thing was how do we get funded as quickly as possible? so our public like facing goal was fifteen thousand, and you know we we Created rewards like early bird rewards and limited rewards so that we wanted to get as people pledging as soon as they started so that we could get funded quickly. Because on Kickstarter, the momentum, as you know, is getting as many backers as possible within the first like 24 to 48 hours. And so that was our only goal. So it was all this build up with content and giveaways and kind of, you know, was it? Uh, Agitate, solve model, where we like talk about the problem in like an email series, and then we're like, okay, here's the solution. So that's kind of how we sort of launched it. Nice. Did that? Did that answer your question?
0: Totally. Yeah. So I knew earlier you had mentioned getting a lot of backer feedback. And then putting that potentially into the product. And, you know, I always go back to the old Henry Ford quote of if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. But in this instance, yeah. you know, you guys definitely took them that feedback and put it into the product itself and have now reiterated, you know, over the last four years of creating an even better product than likely the one that you guys launched back in 2015. So mm. how have you gone about creating a system of a feedback loop with your customers now that you guys are much larger than you were back then?
1: So when we launched the Kickstarter, we launched a Facebook group called the Best Self Alliance. And we did this so that people could, you know, share their goals, get some accountability, um, because I don't know about you, but for me, like, I like talking about my goals, but that's not really a normal thing people do. And so people started to use the group as like a way to engage. Um, And so it started with us, you know, engaging the group a lot and, you know, getting, you know, growing feedback as it went. And, And it's grown into this thing that we go in there every now and again but it's a self-feeding sort of group that is positive and they share their goals and help each other right and it's become this supportive environment so when we have a new product or we want to just get feedback we have like there's 40,000 people in that group that we can go to to just get some feedback on on products that we have coming out or products that they've already bought and used so that we can make it better for the next time that that we relaunch something
0: That's amazing. Um, So, what advice would you have for someone else looking to launch their first product on Kickstarter, uh, you know, in terms of using crowdfunding as a means to launch their company or their first product?
1: So, the great thing about Kickstarter is, you know, a lot of times it's, I always suggest that with physical products, usually the more volume that you buy, the, the lower the cost per unit is. And with, Kickstarter or other crowdfunding platforms, you're essentially pre-ordering. So everyone's pre-ordering a product and the more pre-orders that you get, usually the lower the cost. So you price it for the minimum order. So say your order is 2000, you price based on that, but the more volume that you get, usually the lower the prices. So for us, we raised enough money that we pre-sold 10,000 units, but we had enough money that we produced 30,000 units. So the cost for us was much lower and it it gave us something to launch the business with because you don't want to have to, you know, you pre-order 10,000 units. You only produce 10,000 units and you don't have enough money to like do the the new cycle. And so it's very, I always tell people with Kickstarter is make sure that you have a, like you can recycle your inventory so that you're not always having to kickstart a new, You know, product run. Does that make sense? So, the great thing about Kickstarter is that you can get this amount of money that will fund the business after Kickstarter, which is really what my goal was and what I think most people should be like. It's not just about Kickstarter, this should be the launch pad for the business. But it allows you to keep all your equity and just pre-sell your product before it exists.
0: Yeah, I love that. And again, you know, kind of going with your motto, I mean, at the center of everything you guys do, you're developing and launching products and you've shipped over two hundred thousand products to customers all over the world. Damon John loves your product as well as many, many other people. So I'm really excited where your company has obviously positioned now where you guys are selling, You know, obviously through your website, through Amazon, you have some great new products as well that you guys have been, you know, recently launched with your deck, the the Little Talk, which I'm really excited to use with my my daughters uh, in terms of helping spark bigger conversations with children. Uh, What else are you guys working on now that we're going to be excited to see in 2020?
1: So uh, we have a bunch of things in the works. When we started, we were very focused on productivity and goal setting, which, you know, is still a big focus of the company. but the company is called Best Self and there's a lot more to life than, you know, goal, goal setting and getting the most done in a day. You know, I personally experienced that when you hit your goals, but then your business goals, for example, but then the rest of your life is kind of in a shambles because you haven't been focused on your personal growth or your relationship. So Best Self has become like a holistic view of how do we help people and give them the tools that they want to make themselves their best self. So one of our most popular products is called the Intimacy Deck. And it's ways to improve your communication with your partner. We have the Icebreaker Deck. And people are loving these decks because it it's a way to have conversations, like deep conversations in real life and get away from, you know, this like always being on our phone and on the computers and building these like real connections with people, which I think a lot of people are searching for and so we've realized how important that is for for our personal growth and for our happiness absolutely and that's actually science, scientifically it's like a science study in harvard showing that you know loneliness is is more dangerous than smoking and we want to get people starting to connect again in a real way and so that's where these conversation prompts have started
0: oh this is great well, Catherine, this is going to get us into our launch round, where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good to go? Yep. All right. So, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, the freedom to create on my own schedule, on my own terms.
0: Indeed. So, if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be?
1: I want to meet Sarah Blakely. She's very inspiring.
0: Nice. What would be your first question for Sarah?
1: I would want to know what what she did to personally grow herself in order to keep up with the the growth of the business
0: yeah definitely uh who did you look up to growing up as a kid
1: so i didn't know that you could be an entrepreneur as a kid is really the answer i didn't know anyone who had their own business my parents both had like regular conventional jobs so i was super entrepreneurial when i was younger but i um i didn't know anyone that that did that so that's why i'm struggling
0: yeah, no, I'm with you on that one for sure. My parents were in regular jobs too and it wasn't, you know, something that was a optional path when you're going through, you know, as a as a kid through school, right? It wasn't one of those boxes you could check like what do you want to be when you grow up? Entrepreneur really didn't exist back then, right? Yeah. Uh any business books or life books that you'd recommend to our listeners?
1: Yeah, I would recommend the latest book that I'm loving is called Indistractable and it's by Nir Eyal. I think uh, the future of basically the future is going to depend on us becoming focused and paying attention to the right things because we're constantly hit with so many things all the time. So Indestructible is a great book. It's from the same writer who, who wrote Hooked about habit forming products. And this is kind of the, okay, now that we know how to do that, let's figure out how to defend ourselves against it so that our attention and time isn't stolen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I finished that audiobook book earlier uh, this year. Great, great. Listen, um, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Uh, I see myself, I want to start a nonprofit to help young people with entrepreneurship and kind of get them started. And like another path outside of, uh, you know, the, the traditional path. And I see myself growing best self bigger and bigger and making personal development, you know, more of a household name.
0: Awesome. Last question, Catherine, what does the future of crowdfunding look like?
1: I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. I think it's going to just become the norm to like the idea of buying a ton of product before you've sold it. Um, I think it's even now becoming a thing where, you know, there's so many pros to crowdfunding and getting feedback before you launch that, you know, why wouldn't you do it?
0: That's my thoughts too. Well, Catherine, this has been awesome. Please, this is your uh, you know opportunity basically to give your pitch to our audience, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out.
1: Thanks for listening to this interview. If you're interested in you know setting your goals, achieving more, you can find all of the tools that I mentioned and more at BestSelf.co. And if you want to read more about you know company hiring, product creation, that sort of thing. I have a personal blog called littlemight.com, and you can find a lot of stuff on crowdfunding there.
0: Awesome. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Prototype. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been great.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show